The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. From your favorite source for Chicago White Sox talk, delivering news, interviews, analysis, and more. This is the Sox Machine Podcast with your hosts, Jim Margulis and Josh Nelson. Welcome, everyone, to Sox Machine Live. I am Josh Nelson. It is Thursday night, July 1st, 2021, as we are streaming this episode of Sox Machine Live on our YouTube page at youtube.com slash Machine, also on SoxMachine.com. And for those that are not getting an opportunity to watch the live stream, you are probably listening to this on our podcast feed where you can listen to the Sox Machine podcast wherever you subscribe to podcasts. I'm Josh Nelson, and joining me for this episode of Sox Machine Live is Jim Margulis is still on vacation, is Bennett Carroll. Bennett, what is up? Not too much. Just uh, looking forward to a nice July 4th weekend and uh some beer and some burgers and into that and uh, some nice White Sox baseball. Yeah. And uh, the White Sox are going to be heading to Detroit and we will be previewing that series. There is big news concerning the White Sox uh, that I'm parsing through. So there may be some breaking news as we are streaming this right now uh, on YouTube. And uh, it may be a little distracting for those that are listening to the podcast version uh, a few hours later uh, after the stream. So I apologize to those that are listening to the audio version of the podcast uh, if we are talking more in the present as uh, news is coming in regarding a possible Jake Berger call up. Uh, we will be talking about that. We'll preview the Tigers series and we will be recapping uh, as far as the action that happened between the White Sox and the Minnesota Twins as the Chicago White Sox are now 48 and 32 after the first 80 games. Uh, their next game is going to be game 81. We are officially at the halfway point of the 2021 season. Before we get into the White Sox, though. Uh, I just want to make this clear as far as my thoughts, because I do think it is important for everyone that covers the sport, no matter what media outlet that you do it, uh, that this Trevor Bauer situation is very frightening. It is very disturbing. And there is no way that Trevor Bauer should be making his next start for the Los Angeles Dodgers with what is being reported on the sexual assault investigation into Trevor Bauer. And for 
manager Dave Roberts to say that my hands are tied to continue to have Trevor Bauer be the scheduled starter on Sunday. I find it to be absolutely ridiculous. You are the manager. It is your decision whether or not you're going to have him start. There should be someone within the Los Angeles Dodgers organization making a phone call from the top saying you need to pull him because I am, I'm pretty sure when he arrives back to California, I would not be surprised if Trevor Bauer is going to be arrested. This is a very serious situation, and it is time for the Los Angeles Dodgers to treat this as a serious situation because it's not going to be a good look when you are meeting the President of the United States on Friday to celebrate your 2020 World Series championship, and you have Trevor Bauer there with Joe Biden and with everything that is gur- that's currently going on. And if you think it's bad today, you'll be meeting the White House press reporters on Friday and they are going to continue grilling as far as the Dodgers on how they're handling Trevor Bauer. I, that's, I just want to make that very clear. There is zero reason why Trevor Bauer should be making his next start. And he should be on a definite leave until the criminal investigation and Major League Baseball's investigation is complete. So thank you, Bennett, for letting me vent on that. It is something that really bugs me. It gets under my skin uh, because it's a... Uh, yeah, just go ahead and Google. The, the photos are out there now. The details of the sexual assault are out there. Yeah, tr- uh, trigger yeah. warning if you, if you have issues reading uh, graphic yeah. descriptions. Uh, if you feel comfortable, feel free. Uh, but, Josh, you know I'm fully behind you on that. Uh, and he shouldn't be in uh, the District of Columbia right now, much less preparing to start. Yeah, he should be with his lawyer because he's going to need that lawyer. All right, that's enough Trevor Bauer. Let's talk about the Chicago White Sox. Some really happy news as the Chicago White Sox again are 48-32. and 32. They sweep the Minnesota Twins again. The White Sox are 8-1, and 8-1 against the Minnesota Twins in 2021. That is mind-blowing to me when I try to put myself back to how the – before the 2021 season started, Bennett. Like if you told me, hey, by the way, Josh – in March, uh, on July 1st, the White Sox are going to be 8-1 and one against the Minnesota Twins. I would be ecstatic because I figured that it would be a, a tough competition, a tough race in the American League Central uh, between those two teams. And that is certainly not the case. And I really do wonder after this series, Bennett, that the Minnesota Twins just call it quits and they start to prepare to sell off whatever they can before the trade deadline. Yeah, I I can't think of the last year I would call a three-game series against the Minnesota Twins a get-right series, um, legitimately. No kidding. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think they're the kind of team where they're not gonna they're not gonna blow it up. They're gonna they'll sell off their their pieces that are you know close to close to free agency or 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 close to being out, but. They're going to keep as much of that core as they can with the, the goal of being back in 2022. So I think, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think there will be a couple pieces that go, but I'm not expecting like a full strip down. Rebuild. Something more similar to what the Red Sox kind of did last year, where they'll take their high draft pick. They'll take their, you know, top level prospect, but they're not they're not looking at a five year rebuild, a three year rebuild. Their goal is to be back uh, at the top by the next year or the year after at the latest. That may change, though, because it seems like those that cover the Minnesota Twins are changing their tune after this sweep 
in Chicago, Bennett. Uh, we had Brandon Warren on Monday's podcast uh, to help preview this series with the White Sox and Twins. He's tweeting out that, okay, I'm on board now for the Twins to trade Jose Barrios. I think that drum beat is going to get louder. I, I, I think for Twins fans at this moment, they look at this roster and say, okay, they're not winning this year. How are they going to win next year? And Nelson Cruz is a free agent after this season. I expect Nelson Cruz to get moved before July 31st. There's really no point in keeping Nelson Cruz around for the Minnesota Twins. If Yeah, it, it, <laughs> that helps the White Sox, right? Uh, go to Oakland or go to Tampa Bay. We'll worry about Nelson Cruz uh, when it comes to the postseason. It, it, it is mind-blowing on just how how bad the Minnesota Twins are. They had an opportunity and they took advantage of it. In the third game on Thursday, the White Sox are up three to nothing and there is just a meltdown by the White Sox, uh, especially defensively, making really poor defensive plays. And the Minnesota Twins took the lead four to three. And one would think, oh man, the Twins have taken the lead. They're gonna they're gonna steal this game. And that wasn't the case. The Twins' bullpen gets involved, and Zach Collins hits a big home run. Uh, Andrew Vaughn had the game-tying sacrifice fly, and the White Sox cruise to an 8-5 to victory. And I, Bennett, I don't remember the last time that it looked just so easy for the White Sox to beat up the Minnesota Twins. Yeah, I... I, I don't get it, honestly. It's weird because it, you look at the two teams and they both have tons of injuries. And and I know the White Sox pitching-wise are a lot healthier and pit, their, their, their pitching has been a lot stronger. But if you just, you know, you look at the two teams and how many guys are out, like it shouldn't – the gap doesn't feel like it should be this wide between the two teams basically. And it just – it it literally – it was it's, it felt like, like they swept them – what you know six weeks ago a month ago and even then it didn't feel like it was this this big difference like this this felt like any series against Detroit this year or a series against Kansas City where it's just not not even the same level of competition and I don't mean that in in a mean way it's just the way the two teams were playing so on YouTube, so for those that are watching the live stream or for those that haven't got an opportunity to watch the live stream on Sox Machine Live, we get an opportunity to answer questions real time. One of the questions that came in from Brendan is Jose Breos to the National League somewhere. And it's really interesting because I know you keep track of this too, Bennett, with you know your other gig at uh, as far as XM Sirius XM Radio and you know producing shows over there. The New York Yankees are in a in a tight spot. I think that may be the best way to describe it. Uh, the Steinbrenner family is now speaking about the Yankees situation. Brendan, if I had a pick right now, I wouldn't be surprised if it's the New York Yankees trying to pull off a move uh, to get Jose Breos because they're going to need Breos not just for this season but also for next season because they have so many questions after Garrett Cole and their starting rotation. It's just not a starting pitching issue for the Yankees. The offense has been wildly inconsistent, and now Raldis Chapman is having issues uh, closing out games. So, yeah, Breos, it would be great if he went to a National League team. Again, it would make things a lot easier for the White Sox, but if I had to pick a team right now, it would be the New York Yankees. And, again, the fact that we're talking about this, Bennett, the Minnesota Twins on July 1st are planning to – 
sell off their parts and concede in the American League Central, which just makes the road easier for the White Sox. Uh, let's talk about the guy who is, you know, it's just, it's this continuing theme. Somebody gets hurt and the White Sox give an opportunity to someone and they have a great debut and it gets everyone dreaming about, you know, great possibilities. And for this series, it's Gavin Sheets. So Gavin Sheets co- comes up and I think a lot of White Sox fans were, you know, wanting Sheets to come up to see what he can do. In light of your Mercedes having struggles at the DH spot, why not call up Sheets and give him those DH at-bats? Or, well, Adam Eden and Adam Engel are hurt. Why not call up Gavin Sheets and let him play right field? And the White Sox do that. Sheets gets called up. His first two games, he's got multiple hits. He's got multiple RBIs. He's already hit his first home run. I'm a fan of his swing. How about you? What did you think of the debut of Gavin Sheets with the Chicago White Sox? It's interesting. I I remember vividly watching him three, four years ago when he was in high A, and that was when he was struggling without any well, – he didn't have that power developed yet. But I, right. I remember then noting his swing. And it's cool to see he kind of grew it, grew up a little bit, got, got a little stronger. And that swing, he didn't have to change it. He just grew with it. So that power kind of developed – through that swing. So it was, it was very cool to see just like he had, he's had that since before the White Sox took him. Um, As always, I'm going to need to see more than a couple games to, to really buy into someone. I think you're mean. It took probably two weeks. And then obviously that's, that's not even been enough, but I'm excited from what I've seen. If he can play corner outfield, it, it helps a lot. If he can, you know, just replacing Adam Eaton with him could, could alone make a good, big enough positive uh, difference. So I'm excited. Uh, I don't want this to be the reason they don't make a trade move at the deadline. And that definitely yeah. worries me. Um, but I'm very excited and very happy to see him starting off strong. I don't think he's a right fielder. I, I got a chance to watch him. I was in section 110, So right by the right field pole. And I sat there because I wanted to to watch Sheets and, and you know how he does his reads and how quick he is. He is a first baseman playing right field, very much how Andrew Vaughn sometimes is a first baseman playing left field. Now Vaughn, I think, has impressed us over time and maybe has sold us that Andrew Vaughn's a better defender than Aloy Jimenez in left field. Not a high bar to clear at all. Uh, but you know, Sheets didn't, you know, he, I, he didn't screw up. There was some tough plays in his first game by the wall that maybe an experienced right fielder makes those catches at the wall and you could chalk it up to nerves. And again, this is still a very new position to him, but the bat, what I like about Sheets in this swing is that he can go opposite field. And we saw it multiple times in the series. I think it would be really difficult for opposing teams to try to shift against Sheets. And I think we'll we'll see shifts against Sheets. And we saw this against the Twins because they're trying to pitch him to hit a ground ball into the shift. However, if a pitcher misses their spot, and if it's like a fastball in the outside corner, Sheets has no problem waiting back and taking it down the left field line. And that's new. That is new for all these White Sox prospects and even current hitters. And we're starting to see a little bit from Yasmani Grandal. Um, but, you know, you have a Mercedes. What's his problem? He doesn't have any opposite field power. Andrew Vaughn, he needs to develop more opposite field power so he can punish pitchers that are just 
flipping these sliders on the outside corner, and it's been a slow progress. Sheets is coming in right away, Bennett, and he's proven that I can launch a 400-plus foot home run on you, pulling it to right field, or I can line a double down the left field line. And just having that type of technique and game plan going to home plate, I think is why, at the very least, Gavin Sheets is going to stick as a major league hitter. Yeah, I think he's. I think part of the reason that he was the name that was specifically mentioned as someone they didn't want to trade and and maybe came up in trade rumors is because you can tell from those tools he's got the bat. I don't think it was, you know, a true question uh, that he had. I mean, no, obviously it was, but but we like we said from three games we can see. All right, there's a bat there if nothing else, and we'll see always with the when the adjustment eventually comes and he has to readjust back. But you know he has something there with the bat. The fielding, I think I always attribute it to being like a former player son or a coach's son where like he's got enough just natural sense. He's not going to make, you know, the we'll keep referencing Eloy's defense here, the falling into the the netting, the the tripping over yourself kind of play. He he won't – he doesn't have the range. He doesn't have that stuff. But he's got just the general um, just sense that he's not going to make any massive mistake. So the offense, so Gavin Sheets, great debut. The offense, four straight games, they have scored at least seven runs. And we saw six home runs hit uh, on Wednesday night, which is which is great. That's That was a fantastic way to end the month of June because from June 1st to June 29th, the team hit 19 home runs. Kyle Schwarber was threatening to hit more home runs in the month of June than the Chicago White Sox as a team. So on the final day of the month, they launched six home runs. So they finished with 25 home runs in the month of June. That's still not a great total, but it showed that they're sign of life. And on July 1st, two more home runs for the White Sox with Brian Goodwin. Again, Goodwin's got three home runs now for the White Sox. And Zach Collins flexing some power. And in the last six games, when you're just looking at these numbers, like Yasmani Grandal, he's six for 20 in his last six games, three home runs and eight RBIs. That definitely plays with his five walks. Uh, Brian Goodwin is six for 22 with a couple of home runs. Zach Collins has driven in seven runs in his last five games, going five for 14. Uh, and Andrew Vaughn, Andrew Vaughn is waking up against righties. He's seven for 16 in the last six games with a home run and four RBIs. We saw a week and a half in which the White Sox offense struggled greatly and it hurt them against Houston and it hurt them against Seattle. And yeah, it also hurt them in Pittsburgh. It didn't, you know, did not make their lives easy in Pittsburgh when that should have been an easy series. Are you buying what you are seeing the last four games? That's It's something that the White Sox can carry with them, Bennett, for this upcoming nine-game road trip. To a degree. I, I, don't think, I, I don't think we're getting seven runs a game. I think what we saw this these last four games was uh, the positive regression isn't the right term. I forget what the proper term for it is, but that sort of thing, where it, regression to the mean where they had a week and a half where they really struggled. Well, here's four games where they outperform expectations. So I think you're, you could get a couple more games of this because it's still, you know, that week and a half was, ugh. so that you could bad. still get a, yeah. yeah, a couple more games in that next week where they drop 10, nine, 11, you know, 12 runs. 
but I'm not expecting seven plus every game or, or, you know, for the, the offense to blow up for two weeks. But I think this is, this is good uh, positive regression uh, that we've been waiting for. And it's coming from like the middle to bottom half of the order where teams should be scared of one through three because it's Tim Anderson, Yoan Makata, and Jose Abreu. Right now, you should be afraid of Yasmani Grandal and Zach Collins and Andrew Vaughn and Brian Goodwin and now Gavin Sheets. Uh, they are stepping up big time and really sparking this uh, this offensive explosion. And, and I love it because if they can continue to hit well, eventually Anderson and Makata and Abreu, I, I believe, I'm trying to speak this into existence, Bennett, will get... Yeah, anti-jinx in here. They're going to get back to their 2019-2020 form. Tim Anderson's going to get back to pulling the ball because this whole, I'm going to right center, that's great for singles, but you don't have enough power. You don't have Eloy Jimenez power to take advantage of that. You got to get the barrel out in front of the zone, start pulling some pitches into the left field, start hitting some home runs, start doing some bat tossing. Get back into your game, Tim Anderson. And the same thing goes for Yohan Mikata, but we'll talk about Mikata in a moment. And it was great to see Jose Abreu uh, get off the schneid uh, with his home runs and be able to hit a home run on Wednesday. And hopefully that is a bigger sign of things to come. There's always the ebb and flow of a 162-game season. The White Sox are going to have great two great weeks. Uh, they're going to have two bad weeks during the season. But that was a really big concern for most of June, that where's the power for this team? Can anyone else step up and hit home runs if Jose Abreu's having a bad month, if Yohan Mikata's having a bad month? And we're starting to see at the end of June going into July that reinforcements, there are some internal reinforcements. They just need more plate appearances. I'm not completely sold that these are permanent solutions for the second half of the season. But for now, before the trade deadline, I'm cool to give an extended run for Zach Collins to get as many plate appearances as possible, Bennett, and even Gavin Sheets, and for manager Tony La Russa to be creative at how to get those bats into the lineup. Yeah, I think the, the key is it, as long as the bottom half is, is carrying that top half, eventually when that, that bottom half does start to falter because they're young, inexperienced, and we like we just don't they don't have the track record where you can expect four good months, that's when I think you see that top half start to kick back in. Where it's that, that ebb and flow, as you said, is as one side starts to you know starts to lose uh, some strength, the other side keeps pulling. No, I was going to say, and the one thing that we're going to hear, because you mentioned you don't like for Gavin Sheets and how well he's performing. You don't want people to be convinced, well, maybe the White Sox don't need to make a move before the end of the deadline because Aloy Jimenez is coming back soon and Luis Robert is coming back soon. But as we make this transition from what happened uh, in this series to what's going to be happening over the weekend, the 4th of July weekend in Detroit, you have to also be concerned about defense. Because you go back to that fifth inning, and Andrew Vaughn's not a third baseman. So if Lurie Garcia is getting sore, or if he can't play, you don't have enough infield depth to cover both second base and third base. And, you know, it's great that Billy Hamilton is back, but you really need Billy Hamilton in center, and you need Brian Goodwin in left field uh, if Andrew Vaughn's got to go into the dirt. Well, you know, going back to the Gavin Sheets, he's he's really not a right fielder. So that there are some defensive concerns. And to me, at least, 
you know, we go from, well, the White Sox need Eduardo Escobar from Arizona because they need home runs. And that is still true. But they also need Escobar because Escobar could play second base at third base without anyone having to worry about his defensive ability. And that gives Tony La Russa another, uh, another player that could play multiple positions and you don't have to worry about them or they have to fake learning how to play a position that Escobar can hold his own at second and third. And that's another aspect as far as his roster construction that the White Sox have to be mindful of. Because there's no reason why Carlos Rodon had a stressful outing as he did. Because uh, he still racked up, I think he racked up nine strikeouts because he hit the strikeout over. Uh, and that, that, that fifth inning should, should have not happened the way that it did. That first inning should have not been 28 pitches. So uh, that's something we can't get lost here is that some maybe some of the trades the White Sox make before the 31st is just not the offense, but it's people, it's players that they are defensively reliable at key positions. Yeah, I, I think positionless baseball, which has kind of become more popular, is a good idea if the players are athletic enough and, and good enough to play whatever position they're forced into. So Andrew Vaughn can play left field, you know, competently enough, but third base is a whole nother level. Yeah, it's it's done, not yeah. just, it's not just flipping 180 from playing first base. It's a whole different game. So, you know, positionless baseball works, but the guys have to still have to be the right fit for those other positions. And, and I agree yeah. with you on the, the defense. Positionless baseball works. If you got six shortstops on your 26 man roster, not, not six first basemen. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, and borrowing a Southern term, bless their heart. They are trying. The White Sox guys are trying, and they're not. They're not completely drowning at these defensive positions. Uh, but you know, they they sometimes look like fish out of water, and, and it hurts the White Sox. But the bats are playing up, and the bats are making up as far as, or, or I should say, be recovering uh, those defensive woes uh, that the White Sox currently face against the Minnesota Twins, and. I think they'll still be able to over this nine-game road trip, which we're going to be previewing next. Uh, but I don't think you're going to be be able to recover against a team like the Houston Astros, uh, or even though the Yankees are struggling, or the Rays, or the Athletics, the teams that are looking like they're going to be in the postseason with you. So that's just something else to think about. I know that if Gavin Sheets continues to hit, we're going to hear it. Hey, the White Sox don't need to get another bat. It may not be the bat that they're so much concerned about, but they need another position player that can actually play that position. Because at this moment, Bennett, I am convinced we're probably not going to see Adam Eaton for the rest of the season. We may not see Adam Engel the rest of the season. So, yeah, the, the White Sox could use another competent outfielder who is an actual outfielder and not someone trying to fake learning how to play the position. Yeah, uh, that, that vaunted outfield depth of two first basemen that the White Sox farm system gave us uh, might not be enough. Uh, yeah, definitely agree with you. I think the the bats are good. The def the gloves are, are as important as you said. Um, it'll be interesting to me to see if they do anything. Uh, I similarly am, am, I don't know if similarly, I am not convinced they will. Well, I think they need to add in the bullpen. I, 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 think, it's, I think it's pretty clear that they... They need a veteran reliever. Again, not a closer. Just someone that can help out in the 6th and 7th inning. Because I like Cody Hoyer. I like his stuff. It's not clicking this year. And the time is, t you know, time's ticking. 
uh, and he's getting plenty of opportunities to prove himself for XYZ reason that I do not know. Uh, Matt Foster is not getting consistent work, but when he does get work, he's not pitching well. Uh, it's great that Michael Kopech is back, but he's going to have to ramp up uh, as far as his production. We're going to probably see an inning, a couple of games off, and then see Kopech again as, again, he gets ramped up. And Garrett Crochet, the White Sox are being careful. And they got Jace Fry now because Aaron Bummer is on the 10-day injured list. And then there's Liam Hendricks, who leads the American League in saves. That bridge to get to Hendricks is shaky. That is where I definitely do think the White Sox and Rick Hahn uh, will go out and get another reliever to help solidify the bullpen. Because uh, it, it it is shaky. I liked, again, I like this stuff. You know, Ryan Burr pitching the eighth inning I thought was great. He deserves it. He's been pitching really well. Uh, but, man, it's like it is just pulling teeth right now for the White Sox to get the ball to Liam Hendricks. Yeah, it, it's – again, I agree with you. I like pretty much every guy in that pen, but it's just – some of them just don't have it right now. I, I feel like Cody Hoyer goes through this every now and then where he just loses the ability to spot the ball at all and – it's it's tough to see like i i i'm i was watching the game today and i wasn't there but it was literally it just i think eight pitches in a row one sniffed the zone and the other yeah. just the other just never came close and it's just it's just as you said pulling teeth to go when i was gonna say it was a four-hour game because of this uh just sitting there i was sitting on my couch sweating because there was a, a light on me uh, and I'm large, but I was sitting there just sweating. Like how, how, like it, this game's over. Like I've no doubt in my mind, this game is over. Can we, can we get to the, the end? Can I, can I get to the rest of my day now, please? And yeah, I think I, I agree with you. I think a vet who, who's had some good experience, hope preferably in a playoff bullpen as well. Uh, but that's not really a requirement uh, would be my number one item. Yeah, Greg Nix and Ted Milvey, Bennett and I, we had a roundtable discussion regarding as far as the trade deadline. Again, that is 30 days away, and I am expecting activity around the majors starting to ramp up here in the upcoming weeks, uh, especially with the Major League Baseball draft coming up on Sunday, July 11th. Uh, and then you have the, you know, the all-star festivities in Denver, which I wouldn't be surprised if GMs take that opportunity to make frequent phone calls or text messages back and forth about possible deals. We've already seen one between the Toronto Blue Jays and the Miami Marlins. Uh, so definitely check out that article on SoxMachine.com and join in the fun as well on what you think the White Sox need to do before July 31st, especially in the comments section. Really good conversations going on there. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. The Chicago White Sox now fly out to Detroit and start a nine-game road trip. They have three games against the Detroit Tigers, and then they go from Detroit to Minneapolis for another three-game series against the Minnesota Twins. They have next Thursday, July 8th off, before they make their way to Baltimore, which is the last series before the All-Star break for the White Sox. So you look at these three teams on paper, and one would think, oh, this is going to be an easy stroll for the White Sox. Three games against the Tigers, the Twins, and Orioles. Yes, this is going to be a great way to wrap up as far as the, the first half of the 2021 season. Beware of Detroit. I can't believe I'm saying this. The Detroit Tigers, since May 1st, are an above 500 team. And they are in third place in the American League Central, and they deserve to be in third place in the American League Central. And they are a feisty bunch, and I give a lot of credit to that clubhouse uh, for playing as well as they have. They're still nine games below 500, but they're giving opposing teams headaches. And I'm expecting them to continue that same mindset against the White Sox and try to make it tough on the White Sox this weekend. Uh, your pitching problems for this series starting on Friday, July 2nd. This is a 6.10 p.m. Central Time start. Lance Lynn is on the mound. He'll be going up against Casey Mize. On Saturday at 3.10 p.m. Central Time, it is Dallas Keuchel against Tarek Skubal, which Skubal has given the White Sox some issues this season. On Sunday, Detroit doesn't know who they're going to throw out. It could be Matt Manning, uh, a promising young right-hander. be the first time the White Sox get a chance to see him. Manning got blown up by Cleveland in his previous start, giving up nine runs in about three innings. Uh, but that, Lucas Giolito is going to be pitching on 4th of July for the White Sox. Uh, at 12:10, before the White Sox make their way to Minneapolis, and we'll see Dylan Cease and Carlos Rodon uh, start those two games, uh, the first two games against the Minnesota Twins, and then Lance Lynn uh, getting that last start uh, on Game Three of the series. That's key because Lynn would be lined up to pitch in the All Star Game, repping the Chicago White Sox, and depending on how the situation goes, maybe he's the American League starter uh, for the White Sox in Denver. 
we shall see if Garrett Cole is available or not. All right, the Detroit Tigers, Bennett. I, I talked them up. And, uh, again, they're playing inspiring baseball since May 1st. Uh, how do you feel about this series for the White Sox as they head to Detroit? You know that I hate to toot my own horn. I, I never talk about myself being right. I, I do have to give myself credit. Uh, before the year, I said if there was a dark horse team to win the division, it was the Detroit Tigers. In the last two months, I felt very good uh, with it. Yeah, I, I almost took them in. I think it was like 49 to 1. I almost took them just for <laughs> like some ridiculous. I was like, how can you not throw two bucks on that? Uh, but yeah, I mean, they're like, don't, don't, as you said, the last two months, they're about 500. Don't look at their season long record because they got off to well, how terrible. Eight yeah, like it's the opposite of that 35 and 5 start they got off to that one year, right? Like it, it's, you can't look at how they started. You got to look at how they've been. And they've got some pieces. They've got some guys. It'll be interesting to see if they decide to start selling, who they're going to sell, who they can sell. I haven't checked recently, so they might not be a team with a lot of pieces to sell. Um, but the way they're rolling, like you could look at, you know, the next couple of years, like start to patch the holes and you're, you're set to go. So I, this is probably the, Again, it's so weird to say this with the Tigers with the Twins coming after the the w series of the three I'm most worried about yep. uh, before the All Star break. That I, I'll say and I'll say it this way, which again will make me sound very confident, but I'm not the one I am most worried that the White Sox will only take one of three from, and I don't know which one, but it th that's the one I'm the most concerned the White Sox will lose the series of. Yeah, since the Detroit Tigers started the season eight and twenty. They are 28 and 25 over their last 53 games. That is one third of the season that they are playing three games above 500. So again, the Tigers are playing some really good ball, and uh, I am expecting them to give make it tough for the White Sox uh, this series. But then again, you know the White Sox they got Lynn, they got Keuchel, they got Gilito on the mound. I think those three are going to make it really tough on the Tigers hitter. So if the Tigers are going to win this series against the White Sox, they're going to have to do it by winning like 3-2, 4-3 type of games. But if this White Sox offense and the bats continue the way that they did against the Twins and they bring those same bats into Detroit, I wouldn't be surprised if the White Sox sweep the Tigers. So that's kind of how I feel. This is a series the White Sox could sweep Detroit or they lose two out of three like they did uh, against Seattle the previous weekend. All right, so the big news, and I have been checking as far as Twitter while we are streaming and recording this. Uh, so Yohan Makata doesn't know how to slide, and he hurt himself on a slide uh, in Thursday's game, and he's got a really bad road rash, and I'm showing my hand during the YouTube stream. Uh, he's got a really bad road rash on his hand, and it is starting to swell. I'm sure he's going to need antibiotics uh, to fight off any infection that's going to be into his right hand. And Tony La Russa has already said that Yohan Makata is not available for the Detroit series. I don't think they're going to put him on the injured list, uh, so we'll see in how that roster construction goes. But you have multiple sources out of Charlotte noticing that Jake Berger was not part of the Charlotte Knights roster and wasn't even on the field for Thursday night's game. Uh, you got folks from Springfield, Missouri, because Jake Berger played at Missouri State, which is based in Springfield, Missouri. Uh, Wyatt Wheeler tweeting out that Jake Berger likely to be called by the Chicago White Sox 
for this weekend series at Detroit. Uh, we had a very lengthy White Sox Twitter conversation uh, because John Heyman reported that the Arizona Diamondbacks and the White Sox haven't completed a deal because the Diamondbacks were asking for Zach Collins and Jake Berger. I went back to my Diamondback sources. I asked him about that, and they have flat out said those are not the type of players the Diamondbacks are looking to add right now. So thanks, John Heyman, because you created this very lengthy Twitter discussion about the value of Jake Berger. And for me, Jake Berger is just like Gavin Sheets. The bat could be legit. I don't know what defensive position they're going to play because I don't think Jake Berger is a very good defensive player. I recently read Fangraph's uh, Eric Loggenhagen, his scouting report on, uh, on Jake Berger. And it's still very much the same on, I don't think he's a third baseman. He's going to have to spend a lot more time at second base. He's going to try to convince anyone he's a second baseman, but the bat looks legit. So why not give him a shot in the major leagues to see if he could hit major league pitching And Bennett. It sounds like we're going to get that opportunity this weekend that Jake Berger who ruptured his Achilles tendon twice the 2017 first round pick is going to reach the major leagues for the first time in his career and it'll be in this series in Detroit. He was playing collegiate summer league last year. <laughs> like can we talk about this? Like it's yeah. unbelievable. <laughs> it it's legitimately I, I think I said this uh on one of the Twitter spaces and I James Fox said it back to me today. If you tried to sell this to Hollywood, they wouldn't believe you. Um <laughs> true. Like, like straight up, like, it, no, that, that doesn't make sense. Uh, it's crazy. Um, he, you know, going from low A, two full years off, as we said, summer league, stepping into AAA, that was for me, I was looking at that as this is a, you know, do this Bold. or you're done kind of situation. Like if you can't, if you we're throwing you into the fire, if you can't hit, like we're assuming you got nothing left. And he stepped right in. He immediately started hitting. He struggled for about a week after that. And then right back up, he's been on fire lately. Uh, it's so amazing. It's This is one of those stories, and I think your mean Mercedes is the last one. This is a national ba- national story for baseball, of, for just a, a perseverance of of making it like this. is It's that level of story. So I'm super excited for him. Uh, and I, I will go out on a limb and say if he plays tomorrow, he's going to hit a home run. Uh, period. Wow. Against Casey Mize. It. Yes. Uh, he'll hit All right. one. All right. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting. The, the fact that the White Sox won't have Yohan Mikata over the weekend sucks. Uh, <laughs> there's no other way to put it. Um, but if it's not going to be Yohan Mikata at third base, I do not like Andrew Vaughn at third base. So, yeah, it makes sense. If Lurie Garcia is not 100% healthy, Maybe the White Sox need to put Lurie Garcia on the injured list and call him back up after the All-Star break. Give him the next couple of weeks off. They really need Lurie because they need him on the bench because he plays so many different defensive positions. You don't have to worry about him defensively. When it comes to Jake Berger's value, again, I, I don't think he's the future third baseman for the White Sox. He's not the future first baseman for the White Sox. He may not be the future DH for the Chicago White Sox. I think for 2022 and beyond, it's really difficult for me to see what type of role Jake Berger has with the White Sox. And I think it's beneficial for him if the White Sox can find a deal that they move Jake Berger for another player because it gives Jake Berger 
an easier path to play in the major leagues every single day. Uh, I like Andrew Vaughn better than Jake Berger. I like Eloy Jimenez a lot better than Jake Berger. Jose Abreu is still going to be around next year. Yasmani Grandal is still going to be around next year. Yoan Makata is your third baseman. I'm not going to have these conversations about moving Makata back to second. No, that's not going to happen. It, what about it, right field? <sighs> <laughs> For those that are listening, uh, I just uh, rolled my eyes out of my head so hard that my head spun around on my body. Uh, <laughs> I just, yeah, I, I guess why not? I mean, they're, they're throwing anyone else out there in right field. No, I, this is a great opportunity, and I think this is a great time to do this. What better way to fully understand what you got than to have Gavin Sheets and Jake Berger play right now? And I am I'm totally on board with that. And I'm totally on board with that thinking. Because if they rake, dude, they're gonna you're gonna have opposing GMs pick up the phone and say, Hey, what are you doing with these guys? This is exactly what happened last year with Dane Dunning. The White Sox started Dane Dunning. He impressed, the Texas Rangers were impressed, and the White Sox were able to flip Dane Dunning for Lance Lynn. That was a big-time move, and it's turning out big-time results for the White Sox. Yeah, the Rangers get Dunning for six more years, but the White Sox in 2021 needed Lance Lynn. And maybe Jake Berger can have that same type of exchange. The White Sox can get another impact player that helps him in 2021 and maybe helps him in 2022. That's just how I feel about Jake Berger. I do not think he is uh, untradeable. And I am excited, though, at the same time to see what he could do in the major leagues because his story is absolutely incredible. And it's so easy to root for the guy. And I I hope the news is true and we're going to see him in Detroit, Bennett. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I think it's similar to how they started him this year with AAA. It's it's prove it, you know, show us you've got it because that's how you're going to continue to succeed. It's, it's, you know, it's great that a lot of times when first round picks start to go up, they'll get not babied, but they'll get a little bit of more, you know, they don't have to prove it as much, but you're coming off of basically three years of not playing, you know, professional baseball. So prove it. And he's proved it to this point. And if he can prove it again in the majors. Yeah. I think he definitely becomes someone other teams would be interested in. And I'm excited for him. As, as you said, I, he and I, I'll, I'll let you guys in on this. He and I used to, like used to DM like on the regular on Twitter. This was hmm. this was like tw- pre Achilles injury, uh, and then like up through probably the first few months after that, we used to chat all the time. So really good dude. It's really good to see him. The, the worst thing about him is he is a Packers fan. Um, oh. But everything else, it happens. Everything else is a positive. So I'm I'm really hopeful for him. And uh, I'm excited. I'm hoping he sticks around long enough that I can see him in Baltimore. That would be amazing. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you're going to call him up, you might as well have him stick around for the road trip, at least to the all-star break. And uh, once we do have that official news, we will be, you know, writing about it and covering it on SoxMachine.com. So when the news becomes official, you can check out that on SoxMachine.com. And, of course, follow us on Twitter. We are at Sox Machine, and that will do it for this episode of Sox Machine Live. Bennett Carroll, buddy, thank you so much for filling in for Jim on this episode. It was my pleasure. You know I'm always around. And we will be recapping the White Sox and Tigers series for the Monday, July 5th episode. 
Jim Callis of MLB.com, speaking of Jake Berger, uh, he's going to be joining us and recording a segment. We'll talk about the White Sox prospects. Well, we will also be previewing the Major League Baseball draft because on Sunday, from Sunday, it's going to be a week away. So it's really ramping up, and that'll be the first round of the draft. We'll talk about what he's hearing on some possible prospects rumored to the Chicago White Sox in the first round. So that's what you guys have to look forward to on the next Sox Machine podcast but again thank you to everyone that watched this episode on our youtube stream at youtube.com slash socks machine uh if you are not subscribed to our youtube channel please take a moment to subscribe again you can follow us on twitter we are at socks machine all socks machine lives that we stream live uh, we also take a recording and upload it into our podcast feed. So if you don't get an opportunity to watch the live stream, no worries. You can listen to the show wherever you listen to podcasts. If you enjoy our work and want more, you can help support us at patreon.com slash machine, where we have several different tiers of support starting at $2, $3, $5, and $10 a month where you get exclusive content, ad-free versions of the podcast and website, and first shot at any of our new swag items. And we do have new swag items coming as soon as Jim gets back home from vacation. I will force him to announce that uh, as soon as he does come back home from vacation. Socks Machine Live is a production of SoxMachine.com, your home for all things Chicago White Sox baseball. Alongside Bennett Carroll, I'm Josh Nelson. Thanks for watching and listening. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.